Good morning. Greetings in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thankful, thankful for the things that we have been enjoying here this morning. Things that have been shared, songs that we've been singing. Thankful for an opportunity to be in a place like this. We're we're here to edify and exhort, encourage one another. <clears throat> so this morning uh, we will continue um, to develop the thought that uh, we were working on two weeks ago. Uh, maybe, maybe we could turn to the book of Luke chapter 6 and uh, we'll need to do just a little bit of uh, <clears throat> recap, get us on uh, the train of thought again. And maybe before we begin, can we bow our heads and we'll just spend a moment in prayer. Father, thank you this morning for the opportunity to gather here. Thank you for the freedom that is granted us in this country to worship unhindered by those around us. Father, thank you. Thank you for all that are present here today. Ask a blessing on each one here. Ask again that today something in the, in the uh, scriptures, something that is taught here could be a benefit to each one, Lord, that someone, that each one could go home with something of a word from you, something of encouragement, something of, of uh, uh, yeah, you who know and what, what we need, that you would give us each according to our need. <clears throat> so, Father, bless this time. Uh, pray for clarity of thought as I uh, continue to develop these uh, thoughts on uh, the sermon as it's given here in Luke 6. So, Father, be with us, we pray. And pour out your spirit upon us for your glory, for your honor. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> All right. Um, so the last message, we were, we, uh, we were here in the book of Luke, chapter 6, which was kind of our platform. And uh, Luke chapter 6, verse 20, is where the uh, Luke's rendition of the sermon either of the Mount or Sermon on the Plain, uh, is given. Uh, we looked at the context the last time of both this uh, Luke's rendition of it and uh, Matthew's rendition of it being right there beginning in Matthew chapter 5. And uh, we looked at the context, the, the things that came before, the things that followed after in both Matthew and Luke. And definitely determined that uh, these sermons were were either one of two things. They were either one sermon and two different uh, individuals' rendition of it, or they were two different sermons. Uh, one being just a very much more condensed version and given in a very, very close proximity of each other, given in very much in a similar time frame. Uh, <clears throat> and that is not really... 
that critical, uh, which is right there, which one it actually was. The reason we looked at that was somewhat, uh, I looked at the context of Luke chapter, uh, of, of Luke's rendition of the sermon. And uh, just a few verses earlier in chapter 6, uh, we have Jesus in verse 12 of chapter 6. It says, and, he, and it came to pass in those days that he went up into a mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer with God. And when it was day, he called unto him his disciples, and of them he chose twelve whom he named apostles. And he goes on and gives the list of those men. And uh, then immediately following that, we go into, uh, well, we have a short little uh, uh, situation there where he's healing many. And that very same situation of healing many is right uh, in the end of Matthew chapter 4 before the Sermon on the Mount there. and uh, uh, But what I was really, uh, uh, what we really kind of uh, looked at, uh, what stood out to me a bit was the the way that uh, the, uh, the, the timing that Jesus gave this sermon, being right after calling out the twelve. Uh, and... Uh, and that makes uh, good sense, really. Uh, so he's 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 Christ in his ministry was on a on a uh, oh what's the word uh, he was he was going somewhere he he had he had a certain uh, few years to to accomplish what he would, needed to accomplish and he was moving with purpose and uh, so. In calling out those twelve, uh, and then presenting all the truths that are in the Sermon on the Mount, Sermon on the Plain, uh, similar, uh, putting those things, kind of setting the platform for his his kingdom, for what things are going to look like going forward in in his uh, uh, his uh, new work that he is working on, the Lord Jesus. So. We kind of we looked at that, and then we we compared a bit uh, what how different that was from the uh, the. In other words, here Jesus sets an expectation, looking ahead, uh, establishing his kingdom. You disciples have chosen to follow me. Uh, I have called you out. You're going to be the men who are going to lead this movement when I'm gone. And here's what you can expect. In a sense, and he gives all those various concepts all the way through both uh, that we have in Matthew there, Sermon on the Mount, and Luke here, Sermon on the Plain. And then we uh, we went back into uh, uh, Deuteronomy and uh, compared a bit what things looked like in the Old Covenant. And uh, we have that whole list of of uh, blessed are ye, blessed are they, blessed, 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 in the New Testament, in the New Covenant, and uh, we compared a bit what the blesseds looked like in the Old Testament there in Deuteronomy 28, and how different they were. Um, the uh, uh, in the Old Testament, just uh, just uh, to just very briefly, there there. If they walked with God, God promised them, God promised them blessings. And he said, you know, he would bless their 
uh, crops and he would bless their lands and he would bless the fruit of their bodies and he would, their enemies would come out one way and flee seven ways or something like that and, 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 uh, oh, they're, they they would be the head and not the tail. They would be on top and not beneath and all those kind of things that were, uh, promised them as a people if they walked with God in the Old Testament, in the, under the Old Covenant. And then we considered how very, very different this, what Jesus introduced as his kingdom, and how extremely different that was from that, the Old Testament uh, posture. And uh, I'd like to develop that just uh, slightly further here. Um, think about a few more things down that line. Um, there is, there is, um, in the Old Testament, there was the, 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 the subject of a person and their personal walk with God. And there was the subject of the people of, uh, the people of Israel and them corporately as a nation and as a people. There's those two subjects that can be looked at a bit. In the New Testament, we have the same thing. We have a person's individual walk with God. And then we have those individual people and their corporate walk with God. Their corporate journey with God. And uh, there's there's some concepts uh, in, uh, the, in the individual... You know, the individual person in the Old Testament and the individual person in the New, there's actually, there's some scriptures that carry over quite a lot, actually. In Romans, uh, Paul actually quotes an Old Testament scripture. Uh, uh, let's see, Romans 12. It's a, it's a proverb is what it is. But, uh, and we'll see how these... To carry through in Proverbs or excuse me, in Romans 12, verse 20, Paul says these words, therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him, if he thirst, give him drink, for in so doing thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head, be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. That is actually a quote out of Proverbs. Uh, and I simply say that to say that. Uh, uh, there was a level of uh, where the Old Testament individual in his walk and in his relationship to people, uh, there was the eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth and all that, and that, that got addressed in the book of Matthew, Matthew there. Uh, so those things were in place, but while all of those things were in place, uh, they were... They were uh, clearly, they were on the on the personal and individual level. There, there, there was a place of walking with God where uh, a man could uh, should and was called to bless his enemies and bless those who were against him and heap coals of fire on their head and whatever. Uh, there was a place for that, and I only wanted to bring that out uh, to recognize that uh, that that was. Uh, that was in the Old Testament uh, some as well. 
while in general, uh, as a nation, they uh, they were promised the victory over their enemies. They were they were given the sword to go out and and uh, and and conquer their enemies. Uh, and uh, how different that uh, how that drastically changed in the New Testament. Uh, and uh, with the words of Jesus, they're introducing His kingdom. Uh, it um, and it was a concept we mentioned the last time. It was a concept that the disciples, even though Jesus had taught them so clearly, taught them many things, they didn't actually fully, fully grasp it until the coming of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. And that is evident by some of their comments, uh, like just there in Book of Acts, just before His ascension. Uh, they say to him, will you now at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? What were they saying? They were saying, will you now do what, you know, they had still had that old expectation that, uh, that they're going to have a king and that king is going to lead them in conquering and they're going to be overcomers and their enemies are again going to be under their feet and they're going to be on the top. They're not going to be the tail. They're going to be the head. Uh, they're going to be the they're going to be the nation that is feared, and all those kind of things that were all promised there in, in Deuteronomy. Uh, that's what they were looking for. Uh, still, not they were having to let go of the old concept, and uh, at that point they still didn't, uh, still hadn't thoroughly gotten uh, the new concept uh, in their minds and hearts. There is, um, let's see if I have that. Um, Reference here. <clears throat> Remember looking at it when I, uh, yes, I believe I do here. Luke chapter 1, Luke 1, verse 67. This is the, uh, this is Zacharias when, uh, When his when when his son John was born, and uh, Zacharias is, he had been dumb for some time, and when after his son was born and named, uh, his his uh, speech came back, and he prophesies here. In uh, starts out in verse uh, sixty-seven, Zacharias, his father Zacharias, was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied, and he goes down through his prophecy and. Uh, in verse 71, he says that, uh, well, let me read verse 70. As he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which were, have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of them, all the, from the hand of all that hate us. In uh, verse 74, that he would grant unto us that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies might serve him with, without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And there's, uh, there's, uh, there's spiritual applications that can be made to all of that. But we see the Old Testament concept still coming through, obviously, and this is still, uh, uh, Jesus is, is only, uh, uh, not, perhaps not even born yet at this point. Uh, but we, we kind of see their, their, their picture of redemption and their picture of moving forward was, uh, was uh, a king who's going to be conquering. Uh, <clears throat> so, we say all of that to again just uh, uh, recognize the, the, the great difference 
Um, perhaps we could illustrate it a little bit, that difference. I don't know how much information to put there, but uh, so if we have uh, we have the old covenant, and we have the the new covenant, New Testament. <clears throat> and here, Israel, uh, they were promised uh, to be on top. Um, the Jewish nation, uh, they would be on top. They would be like it, like it says there in Deuteronomy. If they walked with God, they would be. Uh, they would their enemies would flee seven ways when they came out to, against them. Um, uh, I've already said it. They would be the the head, the tail. Uh, we just put on top here. And when we get to the new covenant. Uh, the concept is very, very different, and that's what we're going to be looking at today more. Uh, we have uh, we have Christ here. Well, maybe we would say there's the the unbelieving world is is uh, let's just put world up here, and we have uh, Christ. And his kingdom. And uh, we have no promise at all of being on top. In fact, we're going to see that it's actually very, very different. Uh, not, not, uh, well, let's, uh, let's examine it a bit. So it's a drastic change from, uh, and, and again, you know, just the, all the background we gave here again was to kind of put ourselves in the disciples' shoes and, and, and picture uh, the shift of uh, expectation as they continue to journey with Jesus and his kingdom and what it's going to look like. <clears throat> so back to Luke 20 or Luke 6, verse uh, 27. I think is where we'll break in today. So Jesus instructing them says this, But I say unto you which hear, Love your enemies, do good to them which hate you, bless them that curse you, and pray for them which despitefully use you. And unto him that smiteth thee on the one cheek, offer also the other. And him that taketh away thy cloak, forbid not to take thy coat also. Give to every man that asketh of thee, and him that taketh away thy goods, ask them not again. And as ye would that men should do to you, do ye also to them likewise. For if ye love them which love you, what thank have ye? For sinners also love those that love them. 
And if ye do good to them which do good to you, what thank have ye? For sinners also do even the same. And if ye lend to them of whom ye hope to receive, what thank have ye? For sinners also lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love your enemies, and do good, lend, hoping for nothing again, and your reward shall be great. And ye shall be the children of the highest, for he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. Be ye therefore merciful, as your Father also is merciful." Judge not, ye shall, and ye shall not be judged. Condemn not, and ye shall not be condemned. Forgive, and ye shall be forgiven. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet withal, it shall be measured to you again. <clears throat> All right. Uh, there are other scriptures that we will go to uh, in a bit, which uh, in... Uh, both from Paul and from Peter, where they also, uh, we discover that they definitely got the concept. Uh, uh, some uh, after the uh, coming of the Holy Spirit and all that, they, uh, they definitely solidly got the concept that Jesus was teaching here. Now let's take just a little bit of time while we're in this scripture, and let's look at, uh, at uh, first of all, our... We have, as we read down through here, we have we have uh, uh, the the enemies. Now, uh, I'm going to say that in this general context, uh, this uh, this is not per- particularly talking about. Um, this is. Uh, let me say it this way. I believe this context is largely in its context is talking about. Us as the people of God, those who have determined to follow the Lord Jesus and the world, those who have not determined to follow the Lord Jesus. Now, there are applications that uh, can be made. Uh, in other words, uh, our enemies should not be people that are within our ranks. So there are scriptures that talk to us about uh, how to relate to those within our ranks, but I'm going to suggest that this is not primarily uh, spelled out here to instruct us how to relate to those within our ranks, uh, those who are on our side. Uh, it's, I believe it's, it's, a, it's a specific uh, instruction of like we have it here, uh, how we are going to relate. While we are in this world, we are uh, rubbing shoulders with this world, we are... Uh, 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 vulnerable to this world, uh, how, how we will relate to all of that. Uh, so we have here, we have us in this scripture that we read, we have us and our responses, and we have what is called our enemy, uh, and we have their responses. And so if you would make a list of those, it gets to be a pretty interesting list. Uh, so your enemy... Your enemy is going to, according to this scripture, is a good possibility that your enemy is going to hate you. So you're going to be hated. Uh, there's a good possibility that your enemy will curse you. Uh, that's, uh, that's very, very likely. Uh, and these things have been 
uh, a part of the people of God and their experience, you know, to greater or lesser degrees throughout all of history since Jesus' time, you know. Uh, some places, uh, uh, the, 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 the people of God were so despised, so abused, so, and still are. And, and in other times and seasons, it's not quite that drastic, uh, and uh, so forth. But, uh, so your enemy is going to hate you, uh, is going to curse you, is going to despise you, despitefully use you, uh, is going to smite you, possibly. I'm just saying these are possibilities. This is what uh, the picture that we get of the enemy here. Uh, they might take away things from you. Uh, in verse uh, 29, in him that taketh away thy cloak. Uh, verse 30, give to every man that asketh thee. He might demand things of you. Things that you might feel like you had no right to demand. Uh, that's, uh, that's a picture we get in this scripture of... Uh, of the enemy, and then we have what uh, what our Lord gives us as as a response to all of that. And He sums it up with one word: love your enemies. And then He kind of defines love. So if you have love at the top of the list, what does love look like? It says, "Do good." So love will do good uh, to that enemy. That one that hates you. That one that despises you. Love will bless. So bless that person that uh, despises you and hates you. Pray for. Because you love, you will pray for that person that that is an enemy of yours. That has made himself your enemy. You know, an enemy should not be an enemy because of you. Particularly. Should be an enemy because they've chosen to be your enemy, not because you have done something to make them your enemy or that you have made them your enemy, but that they have de- that uh, it's their posture, not not uh, you should never as a Christian, you should never have an enemy as such that you have decided to put a person in the category and play, make them your enemy. <clears throat> so you'll pray for them. Uh, you will. You will turn the other cheek. We often use that phrase. And here it says to offer also the other. Uh, and uh, you will give, if they take away your cloak, you will give them your coat also. You'll give them more than they try to take. Um, you will You'll give, give to every man. Uh, you will see what else we have on our list here. If we go down to, uh, if we go down to verse 36, for example, be ye therefore merciful as your Father also is merciful. We will, you will, we will extend mercy to our, to our enemy. Um, So there we get an idea, we get a picture of uh, how we are going to relate, how the Lord Jesus wants us to relate 
to a hostile world, perhaps, uh, to those who, for whatever reason, have decided that they hate us. They've decided that we are a problem in their lives. They've decided that they want to make life miserable for us. Uh, they've decided that they'd just rather not have us around. This is how we're going to relate. That's different than what they did in the Old Covenant. Very, very different. Um, There's a scripture, and it might be a fitting time to look at it. There's a, an example in the Old Testament, <clears throat> Deuteronomy 23, verse 3 to 6. And I'll just turn to that. Deuteronomy 23. <clears throat> Verse 3, an Ammonite and a Moabite shall not enter into the congregation of the Lord, even to, the t- to their tenth generation shall they not enter into the congregation of the Lord forever. Because they met you not with bread and with water in the way when ye came forth out of Egypt. And because they hired against thee Balaam, the son of Beor, of, of Pethor, of Mesopotamia, to curse you. Nevertheless, the Lord thy God would not hearken unto Balaam, but the Lord thy God turned the curse into a blessing unto thee, because the Lord thy God loved thee. Thou shalt not seek their peace nor their prosperity all thy days forever. There is an example of, uh, of an old covenant response to an enemy. Uh, these folks had withstood them. These folks didn't, didn't give them their water, didn't, uh, didn't, and then even tried to uh, curse them. And have them uh, destroyed that way. And uh, God instructs them how to handle that. That's that's very different than what we read here in Matthew. Or excuse me, in Luke. About uh, how we should relate to our enemies. And those who are against us. <clears throat> okay, let's... Uh, let's move on now to Romans 12. And we'll see that Paul had this solidly in his uh, teaching as well. So in Romans 12, we have verse 14, which says, Bless them which persecute you, bless and curse not. So there we have the word persecute coming up. Um, which did not necessarily come up there in Luke, but uh, a word that we are familiar with and gets used a lot, you know, persecution. Uh, in this country or that country, they face persecution. You know, we use that term a lot. Uh, bless them which persecute you, bless and curse not. Very clear, concise, tells us what to do. Those who are against us, as uh, 
kingdom believers, as followers of Christ. And uh, if we move on, verse 17, Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. And so if we were to add to our list, uh, so we might have uh, the enemy might persecute us. As we see it here in verse 14. And then we have some of our responses that uh, we are to bless. And then we get over to verse 20 and we are to feed our enemy. We are to give our enemy something to drink if he needs it. Uh, And you know, that's, that's, it's basically, it's talking of a necessity. It's talking of something that is necessary. Uh, you know, if, if your enemy is out in the cold and his car is stalled and it's zero degrees and he's about to freeze to death, you might bring him to your house and bring him over by the wood stove and warm him up a little bit. That, you could put that in here too. You know, in other words, it's, it's giving us a principle of how we relate to our enemy. Uh, to look for the opportunity to bless those who are opposing us or who are against us. And to uh, seek to uh, speak good or or do good to them. So Paul had that concept clearly. And he he says uh, uh, to not be overcome of evil. You know, uh, when when, uh, resistance gets strong. uh, And again, I guess we we'd have to admit we probably don't exactly know how to relate to all that when resistance gets strong, when persecution gets severe, when life is under threat, when prison is our experience. You know, uh, we, we, uh, we have been uh, spared those kind of things. But be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Don't allow evil and, and uh, evil intent of men uh, and their evil against you. Don't allow yourself to get get overtaken by it and begin to respond uh, out of flesh, out of, re- out of retaliation, out of uh, getting even, out of that's enough of this, you know, and I'm not taking any more. Don't be overcome with the evil, but overcome the evil with good. You know, respond in well-doing to the, to the opponent. <clears throat> All right. Now, let's go to Peter. And uh, Peter has a fair bit to say about it. And there would probably be other scriptures I, that we could have looked at, uh, but we will have enough. So we'll begin here in Peter in, in two, chapter 2, verse 19. 
And we get Peter's uh, exhortation. It says this, For this is thankworthy if a man for conscience toward God endure grief, suffering wrongfully. Now, there you have a couple more things to put on your list as a, as a Christian. Uh, endure grief and also suffering wrongfully. Um, for what glory is it if when ye be buffeted for your faults and ye take it patiently, what glory is in that? But if when ye do well and suffer for it, ye take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. Maybe we could say that counts with God. The other doesn't. You know, you, you, uh, you have faults and you, you get buffeted for those faults. Well, that's just kind of what you could expect. But when you are buffeted and you didn't have faults and you, you, uh, uh, and you take that patiently. You are treated wrong. You are are uh, taken advantage of, and you uh, whatever, whatever. And you take it patiently, and you you display the spirit of Christ, and you return good for evil. Now that counts with God. Now that uh, that uh, God takes note of that. This is acceptable with God. <clears throat> Verse twenty one. For he for even hereunto were ye called. Because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps. So we were called to that. As followers of Christ. As his kingdom. And we, we looked at Christ's teaching there in, in, in Luke. And the same would be given in, in Matthew. It's the calling that we have to... Uh, to respond that way to a hostile world. To respond in love. To respond in grace. And Christ uh, is given as the example. As the one who suffered for us. Verse 22. Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. Who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judges judgeth right righteously, um, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes we are healed. <clears throat> so here we have uh, we have uh, the the we're, we're, it's given to us as a call that Christ has set the example for us and uh, that we are called to be willing to suffer as followers of Christ uh, when we are misused and abused and, and taken advantage of uh, like he didn't revile again uh, when he was reviled. He didn't threaten in his suffering. He didn't tell him, you know, hey, you do that to me and I'm going to I'm going to strike you all dead. You know, he, he didn't threaten them at all. He could have. He could have done that. He could have said, you know, he could have spoke the word and they'd all been dead. Uh, but uh, he knew his calling and his mission and his uh, purpose. <clears throat> and then turning over to chapter 3, verse 8 and 9. And this, perhaps this scripture could be... Um, relate a little bit more to our inner relationships, but uh, I believe it also goes beyond that. It says, Finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another. 
Love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous, not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrariwise blessing, knowing that ye are thereunto called, that ye should inherit a blessing. And again, the word called, ye are thereunto called. This is, this is the calling. This is the calling of the Christian uh, in relation to uh, conflict, in relation to a hostile world, in relation to persecution, in relation to, uh, yeah, any kind of, of uh, pushback that you get from a world out there uh, concerning your faith and your following of Christ. And, and uh, this is the response. And then if we drop down to verse 14 of chapter 3, he says, But if, but and if ye suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye. Uh, that word happy is the, the blessed. Blessed are you. And be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. And there again we, we have, uh, if we were to add to our list for our part, uh, be not afraid of their terror. Uh, don't be terrified, don't be troubled, uh, don't be afraid. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. Be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh a reason of the hope that is in, that is in you with meekness and fear, having a good conscience that whereas they speak evil of you as of evildoers, they may be ashamed that that falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ. For it is better, if the will of God be so, that ye suffer for well-doing than for evil. For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened in the spirit. And there we have again the, the uh, Christ is put forth as our example. Uh, multiple times uh, we have Christ as our example. He suffered the just for the unjust and that is actually what he's calling us to, to be willing to suffer as a just person, suffering for the, the person who uh, is unjust toward us. Uh, simply recognizing that the, uh, the most powerful uh, testimony, I believe, that we can ever leave with, an, with that hostile person, with that unbelieving person, is that kind of a response. That kind of a, uh, it's, there's nothing that we can do in any other way that is going to leave as much, you know, whether they accept or don't accept it, whether they receive it or don't receive it. It's the most powerful testimony that we can leave with them. All right, uh, then chapter 4, chapter 4, verse 12. He says this, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you, but rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye. And again, the word blessed are ye. And... Uh, being reproached. You could add reproached to your list. Happy are ye, for the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. 
on their part he is evil spoken of, but on your part he is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, or as a thief, or as an evildoer, or as a busybody in other men's matters. Yet, if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. So, uh, if you suffer as a Christian, don't be ashamed. Don't, uh, it's nothing to be ashamed of. In fact, uh, it tells us to rejoice. Uh, Rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings. Okay, so uh, so we've we've looked at uh, you know we've looked at Christ's teachings, we've looked at uh, Paul's words, we've looked at Peter's words, and they they're all telling us the same thing, aren't they? They uh, give us the same message, the call, uh, the posture. Uh, you know, we looked at this, uh, the posture of uh, Christ in his kingdom. It's not a posture uh, that uh, where the nation of Israel was postured in the old covenant, where they were on top. It's rather uh, coming as servants to this, uh, to this world, coming uh, with the attitude and posture of a servant and uh, being willing to suffer in their hands so that they can see the testimony of Christ. Being willing to suffer in their hands so that they can see the testimony of Christ. Uh, and, you know, ultimately, the goal would be that they would respond to that. They would uh, uh, desire it themselves. And as far as, uh, you know, the, uh, we look at that and, and, uh, it might seem it's, it might seem like a, oh I don't know it might seem like a a uh, a life of misery life of suffering life of being the nobody being the runover being the you know we might be tempted to 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 wonder if if it's is that really worth being a Christian, if that's what it looks like, well, let's look at some of the blessings or the rewards. Uh, we 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 brushed over them in these scriptures, but we didn't actually uh, highlight on them. Uh, we'll go back through some of these scriptures and look at some of the rewards. First Peter three nine, he says uh, that uh, not rendering evil for evil, railing for railing, but contrarywise blessing, knowing that ye are thereunto called, that ye should inherit a blessing. So. When we do it God's way, there's a blessing. You know, there's there's a reward. There's uh, there's uh, it's it's not an empty thing. It's not a forgotten thing. There's there's a blessing in it. There's a blessing in doing, in being, uh, in living, and responding the way that God uh, desires us in in this uh, in this world. Uh, just like it says here in in. Verse 14, that uh, if ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye, blessed are ye, for the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. Now, I think we all like that, wouldn't we? To have the spirit, the, the, uh, the spirit of glory and of God resting upon us. Well, it's one of the blessings of responding uh, to life and to the challenges of life in the spirit of God. 
in, in the way that God intended. It's one of the blessings that uh, will be uh, ours if we can, can respond as the, as the scripture teaches here in, in our hostile world. In Luke 6.35, let's go back to Luke again. He's got a few things to say as well about the blessing of it all. Luke 6.35, he kind of sums it all up again. Uh, But love your enemies, do good, and lend, hoping for nothing again, and your reward shall be great. Your reward shall be great. There is a reward in obeying our Lord. There is a reward in uh, in uh, striving to to uh, uh, relate to life the way He desires us to relate to life, the way He intended for us uh, in His kingdom as followers of Him. Uh, there is a reward. Your reward shall be great, and ye shall be called the children of the highest. You know, think about that, for he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. Uh, this is how God responds. He's kind to the unthankful and to the evil. He, he, uh, this is how he responded to you. He didn't give you what you deserve. He didn't, he was kind to you, uh, even when you were still an, an unbeliever. He was, uh, gracious to you, and when, you and I are gracious to the unbelieving world around us and respond like uh, like that. We, like he says here, you shall be the children of the highest. In other words, we are responding to them like God responds. And therefore, we are, we are his offspring. We are doing it the way he would do it um, if, uh, if he were the one doing it. So we are, uh, and there is a, there is a great reward in it. So uh, we can take courage, we can take courage that uh, it is not in vain, it is not useless, it is not uh, empty, it is in fact very, very purposeful. Uh, what, the, what our Lord sets forth here as a, as a, as a means and a way of touching our world, it is actually very, very uh, useful and purposeful and profitable uh, and even for us. And uh, I also wanted to note just a little bit now that we're back here in Luke, there in verse uh, verse, uh, 31, verse 31 through verse uh, 34, uh, he says if you, in 32, If you love them which love you, what thank have ye? For sinners also love uh, those that love them. You know, if we if we have the ability to love, be kind to, um, have grace with, be merciful to uh, those who extend that same thing to us, uh, we're not any different than the general populace. They they love those that love them. Uh, they are gracious with those that are gracious with them. Uh, they're kind to those that are kind to them. But our Lord calls us uh, further, further than that, beyond that, and calls us to 
being, like it says here, uh, being kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. All right, and then um, in uh, in in Mark, I'd like to just look at a scripture in Mark as we think about our kingdom uh, pers- our kingdom perspective. Mark nine, Mark nine thirty four. That is not the scripture I am looking for. Oh, here it is. It's actually Mark eight thirty four. And this. Uh, Scripture, this account or this uh, uh, word is given in most of the Gospels. He says, and when he had called the people unto him and with his disciples also, he said unto them, whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the Gospels, the same shall save it. For what shall, a, shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Now this scripture, uh, these words of Jesus really kind of nail down what we've been looking at. He says, uh, whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And that's what we were talking about, taking up the cross, uh, being uh, willing uh, to suffer for for the sake of Christ and his kingdom. Because if we, uh, whoever will save his life, if we will uh, try to... uh, it will come from the approach of trying to protect ourselves, trying to uh, protect ourselves when somebody uh, uh, hates us, somebody uh, uh, treats us badly, somebody takes advantage of. If we try to protect ourselves, uh, we'll, we'll lose. Uh, it won't gain us anything. It won't gain us anything in, in terms of of uh, spiritual, the the success of the kingdom. Uh, But if we will lose our lives, if we will take the approach that he gave us, if we will allow our lives, ourselves to, to uh, be um, if we will uh, respond to abuses, if we will respond to, and I use that word to kind of sum up all the things that we looked at, uh, when we are hated, when we are cursed, when we are despised, when we are smitten, when people take things from us, when they demand things of us, when they persecute us and they revile us and they reproach us, when all those kind of things come our way and we uh, 
we respond in response with with love and uh, and kindness and blessing and prayer for them and all those kind of things. That's what we're looking at here in losing our life and just being willing to uh, to uh, lay it down for the cause of Christ for His kingdom. Um, and we'll have a blessing. We'll uh, we'll uh, we'll. Uh, and that's that's what we're called to. And then in 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 wrapping it up here yet, uh, in, and let me say this yet: in losing our life in that way, we will find it. Is really the bottom line. And uh, then in just giving, we talked about the individual aspect and the corporate aspect, and. You know, in a sense, most of what we were looking at is sort of an individual aspect, and yet it is also corporate aspect. Uh, if we look at two scriptures yet that I would say tend to uh, give us more of a corporate perspective, more all of us together. Uh, John 34, the Gospel of John, or yeah, 34, 13, 34. <clears throat> Jesus says these words in John 13:34 A new commandment I give unto you that ye love one another as I have loved you that ye also love one another by this shall all men know that ye are my disciples if ye have love one to another and then we have a similar scripture in chapter 17 of John chapter 17 verse 20 to 23 Jesus praying here, he says, Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word, that they all may be one, as thou art in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. And the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them, and thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me, and hast loved me, and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. <clears throat> and so there we have a, just a bit more of a corporate aspect of this truth, where we are called not only to to love uh, our enemies out there, and to display Christ in His His kingdom to them in that way but we are actually called to to love within our ranks with the with the intent that uh, uh, that the world around us uh, it demonstrates to the world around us the uh, uh, the kingdom and Christ and his his uh, his kingdom that we've been uh, talking about and uh and how different, how different that is from the uh, from the old uh, old covenant and the way the way they approached it in the in the old covenant. Um, so we have uh, we have a full time job, in a sense, in in carrying out and uh, fulfilling these uh, these things that we're called to in seeking. Uh, in day to day life's day to day situations to determine how um, what is what is uh, the kingdom response what is the you know things will 
uh, things will take on a different face in your situation, a different face in in my situation. Uh, and yet the, the scripture gives all the principles for us to be able to, in our situation, determine what is the right response. What is the uh, uh, Christ-like response? What is the what is the God-honoring response? What is the response that, when it's all done, I can uh, have that assurance that I have uh, endeavored to to obey Christ in my responses and to give a give an accurate kingdom perspective, uh, give an accurate uh, perspective of what uh, the kingdom of Christ looks like as it works itself out in a human life. And that's uh, that's the challenge that we have in day-to-day life. And while it may seem, in some ways, it may seem like uh, we we um, we're sheltered sheltered at this time, at least from a lot, as opposed to what some believers face, and we are. And yet, at the same time, uh, it has day-to-day application for us. It has. Uh, uh, life is real. Uh, we find ourselves in various places in life's journey. And uh, may the world, as they relate to us, see, may they see uh, Christ and his kingdom in reality because of how they observed our responses to life and its challenges. All right, I think we'll wrap it up with that since I have no idea how long I was up here. Um, I'm sure I don't think I ran over anyhow. So let's uh, let's conclude again. Maybe if we can, we could stand and just have a word of prayer. <clears throat> Father, again, thank you. Thank you for the word of God. Thank you that we have it in our in our possession and that we can read it and study it and appreciate it. Father, thank you for Jesus and and his uh, kingdom. Thank you for the instruction he gives us in living in that kingdom. Thank you, Father, that uh, you have you have answers in your word to everyday situations. So bless us, Father, each one of us, as we continue to strive to walk with you, to strive to show to the world what a life looks like that is governed by the Lord Jesus. Father, grant each of us uh, grace, strength, and courage to uh, to be willing to lay down our lives for the cause of Jesus and his kingdom and help us understand what that actually looks like in everyday living. So, Father, be with us again. Bless us and keep us, we ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated.